Welcome back to the Red Carpet Cafe. I am uh, one of your hosts, Eric Root, and with me I've got uh, Liz Herman. Hi, Liz. How are you? Hi, Eric. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, You know, it's time for us to uh, chat a film that's uh, pretty important. And for those that listened, no, Morbius is not the one. Um, (laughs) Liz and I had talked a little about it, but the audio unfortunately wasn't usable, so... It was just uh, Bree and I talking about it, but I can tell you this, Liz's stance was pretty much about the same as everybody else's. It wasn't a good film. Uh, my stance was Jared Leto is extremely hot still. Yeah, the hotness doesn't equate to a good film, though. I mean, it just... No, but when you at least have an attractive actor to stare at, it makes it a little, little better. All right, fair. Well, in in this case, we've got a movie where there are a lot of people who uh, like this particular gentleman. Um, you know, he's got that emo action going on. Uh, definitely very serious and somber. Um, he knows a lot of things about being bats. So that being said, we're talking about the obvious Twilight Part 20. Uh, no, the Batman. DC's the Batman. We're talking about Bruce Wayne, a character that I happen to actually like a lot. Um, initial take on this one. I like his, I like his version of Bruce Wayne. It, it to me represented everything that uh, the traditional Bruce Wayne and Batman character had been in the comics, a detective first before everything else, where if you look at everybody else's take on it, minus Adam West, because Adam West, it was campy. This, the costumes were bright. It was the sixties. I'm sure there was a few drugs that were taken during their time, but he was also a detective first before he did anything else that included the pow, bam, biff signs over, you know, their heads and whatnot as they fought their campy villains. But if you look at, if you look at uh, Tim Burton and Batman 89 with Michael Keaton, yes, he was a good Bruce Wayne, but he wasn't a detective. Not really. He had, the Batcave and things to do. It was more about the action in that one and definitely in Christian Bale's world too. And then Ben Affleck, uh, 
I don't know. Him and Superman both have the mom named Martha, so I don't know what to tell you there. But it was all pretty much action, 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 action. But that was my first take. What did you think on your viewing, not without recapping the whole film, but what was your first impression? Uh, I actually did not know what I would think of Robert Patterson. That's his last name, right? Or Pattinson. I don't know. There's some Twilight geek out there screaming at the radio right now. (laughs) I'm sure it's Robert Patterson, I think. Um, I did not know how he was going to be, so I... Yes, I saw the Twilight series because I read the books. It was it was fine. Um, I really liked him in a movie. Oh my gosh, it was all about nine eleven. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's called Remember Me. I loved him in that, but I didn't know how he was going to be as Batman because I've never seen him other than a vampire in this type of movie okay. um, or an action type of movie. Um, and I was definitely pleasantly surprised. You're definitely right about the emo side of him. Yeah. Definitely had that. Um, I really liked this villain. Like, I really liked the story of it and how it played out. So this kept my interest. Um, I will say you were talking about all the past Batmans, and you're going to hate when I say the first time I ever saw a Batman movie was when it was George Clooney. And, like, Poison uh, okay. Ivy sure. and Arnold Schwarzenegger was, like, right. Iceman or something. Categorically. Like, that was terrible. That, that was... was so bad. Hey, but you know what? You're in the same boat as just about everybody else that actually likes, you know, the Batman genre or world. Um, that categorically has been labeled the worst Batman film of all. Um, That's what I've heard, but I thought he was great. <laughs> No, I got you, but but I had nothing to compare it to. But there were lines like, uh, and and it's only because I've seen them all. Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger when he's yelling at his henchmen, "Yes, kill the heroes!" I'm like, that was probably one of the cheesiest lines I've seen. <laughs> the only thing redemptive about that movie, in my honest opinion, um, was Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. I thought she did the best job she could do with that role in that film. Yeah, no, Alicia Silverstone was in there and <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um and if memory serves me correct, the controversy over that film was the bat suit had nipples. <laughs> I no was other, only, I think I think no it was the bat 12 when I nipples. saw that so I don't remember that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah the bat suit had nipples Google that. Um, thank you. <laughs> also, if I have to make sure to look for that. So yeah. I will say like my Batman um, timeline of when I started to watch them was very low. <laughs> and then I saw as they progressed uh, with Heath Ledger, like the Dark Knight, like mm-hmm. um, definitely got better. So I am always nervous just because there's so many different Batmans. So I'm like, how is this one going to be? And with Robert Harris, sure. like, why would they choose him? But he was surprisingly good. I'm going to guess at some point they're going to take a play in the Marvel world and say, there are all these Batmans because of the multiverse and blah, bitty, blah, bitty. And, and that's fine. DC has always had a problem of trying to get their shit together. Um, the biggest complaint, because I, I do enjoy DC almost as much as I enjoy Marvel. I like both. I definitely like um, Bruce Wayne and, and the Batman. I like Tony Stark and Iron Man. I apparently have a thing for billionaire playboy uh, philanthropists. I guess that's my my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but with this film, it was interesting because you had uh, 
Paul Dano as the Riddler. And going into it, you could clearly see that the trailers were dark. This was not going to be your Jim Carrey Riddler. No, Mm -hmm. over-the-top campy, riddle me this! Like, there was none of that. And this was definitely more of a chaos ensued I am going to throw riddles at you to see if you can solve them, but someone's going to die in this film where you didn't know if anybody was going to die otherwise in Jim Carrey's Riddler world or pretty much any other Riddler world for that matter, going all the way back to Adam West. But Arkham, their take on it, I thought was interesting. How it had basically a different type of storyline for origin film for how Bruce Wayne became orphaned, even though they allude to the fact that at some point there is, you know, someone that may or may not have been a a solo gunman who kills them. Clearly there was a cover up that you've never seen on any other level. And that I thought was an interesting take. Because it does kind of explain how he gets to where he is. and um, But the cast, Andy Serkis is Alfred. I mean, he always does such a phenomenal job as a character actor. Um, we also had John Turturro as Falcone, Carmen Falcone. Um, you had Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Like, at first you have to go, wait, no way. And then you IMDb it and you're like, wow, that's incredibly good makeup. Loved the cast. Thought the storyline was great. Yeah, it was a little long. <laughs> I was like, three, how long was it? Was it three two and a half? No, it was, was it really hours. that long? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yep. Because um, at one point I had to kind of watch it in sections. You know, <laughs> watch a first half and then go a few days later and watch the second half it's just it's too long to try and do it in a a complete sitting Mm -hmm. um what do you think uh oh yeah zoe uh, kravitz she played um selena catwoman Mm -hmm. also really good how they played that out now at no point did we know who the prisoner was that Riddler was talking to in Arkham in the regular cut of the film? But then you go and you watch the deleted scene on like HBO Max. And there's a scene between Batman and that prisoner who's talking to the Riddler. And we find out and get to see up close, it's the Joker. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> and the deformity, it's not like a campy conformity, a deformity and like a lot of makeup and whatnot. It it looks like someone got boiled in acid. Oh. Yeah. It's like when Two-Face was shown before, like. I, right. or, I think... or dropped in a vat of chemicals, I should say, not necessarily acid, but he definitely had the cuts they weren't as deep as you would see on some of the jokers and it was more like a deformity where it made his face just look like it was smiling but man his his delivery um if you get a chance it's i think it's like a four or five minute deleted scene you should check it out because batman goes to ask him uh for advice 
on who who he thinks the Joker is to try and help him catch him. And most of the shot is just the back of the head where it's the hair is kind of green, but definitely a lot of skin and, and patches have been are missing. But it's the very last 30 seconds or so where you get the close up on the face and you're like, wow, all right. And that was played by Barry Kogan. He was in the Eternals. Um, they label him as unseen Arkham prisoner, but in the actual deleted scene, if you put it on closed captions, it says Joker and then the name. Why do you, why do you think they deleted that? Um, the placement of it, it, cause you see about 30 seconds or so of where it fits into the film. It wouldn't have made sense. It wouldn't have made sense. And plus two, it gives you more a better kind of longer reveal near the end of the film after you see Riddler freaking out about his whole life's work not quite the working rent. out the way he wanted. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> one's going to remember him. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when, uh, um, you know, Joker comes in and even though we don't know it's the Joker, you kind of can tell by the laugh towards the end. Uh, tells him he's a friend mm-hmm. so yeah um plus two it would have added another five minutes to an already long film which is true <laughs> so i have to ask this then um here you, you know you mentioned catwoman you mentioned penguin you mentioned riddler and yeah. joker but in the past all these movies were separate right like the penguin was with another villain i think but like usually catwoman right. isn't with all of the like michelle pfeiffer had her own movie like in the comics are they all together at some point not not always i mean there are some standalone stories um but think of it like this you know you could go linear and just be like okay we're just gonna tell the story of the batman and the riddler and the batman and the penguin and really, the Penguin hasn't become full Penguin at this point. He's just another lackey of Carmine Falcone. But, you know, now with Falcone, you know, the events that take place in the film, there's talk that there's going to be a power struggle. There will be people that will try to take over. And that's kind of the reality of Gotham City. So I've also had the pleasure of playing some of probably in my opinion, some of the best video games ever. That was the Batman series. Like, you know, Batman, Arkham Asylum. Uh, there's like a four pack of different games that kind of go in order, each revolving kind of around the Joker, but it's kind of the same thought. If you are a detective in a city that is also a superhero and you have a whole asylum full of supervillains, at some point you're going to have multiples out on the street. Whether it's Calendar Man, Victor Zaz, I'm naming off names of actual villains if you're not familiar with some of the storylines. Um, Mad Hatter, you've got all these crazy people that are running the streets of Gotham City And at some point it's going to cause chaos. And this is kind of what he ran into, even though his focus was on the Riddler, 
clearly the Joker was already in prison, but Penguin hasn't come into his fruition yet. And Catwoman is a wild card. Catwoman is considered a villain, but sometimes she's an anti-hero. So, and, you know, clearly has a thing for the bat as well. <laughs> he just prefers to do things a certain way. And she would rather go in guns a blazing if she could. And he doesn't like, he just doesn't swing that way. Um, that's yeah, it's not his approach. Yeah. So it wasn't a complete surprise that they had so many things going on. And when they were in Arkham, I kept looking to see who else is in there. <laughs> I'd like to know. Because, you know, you got some you got some heavy hitting uh, villains, Scarecrow and some of the others that have already been played out in other storylines. Um, Two-Face. But um, it's like a who's who mm-hmm. of DC villains in that particular universe but i overall yeah it was a good film and i'm looking forward to the sequel how do you think it ranked compared to all the other batmans you've ever seen (sighs) okay well i that could be a little bit problematic i grew up watching reruns because I wasn't alive when the original Adam West Batman came out but I remember seeing the reruns um like I'd come home from like school and they'd be on and they're safe enough that like you know seven eight nine years old you're not gonna lose any sleep from <laughs> any of those villains and like Heath Ledger's Joker <laughs> right right that was pretty <laughs> intense um so I grew up with that and then you know seeing Michael Keaton uh play batman i also enjoyed it um jack nicholson's joker was incredible they started losing me after the second one and that's the one that had danny devito as penguin was the penguin and then Catwoman was michelle pfeiffer mm-hmm. and that's kind of where um michael keaton stopped um side note the flash movie that's supposed to be coming out at some point whenever they finish it um, revisits Michael Keaton as older Batman from Batman 89 because I guess at some point the Flash moves so fast that he gets to go through their multiverse and finds his way to Michael Keaton's world where he's just an older Bruce Wayne that's kind of hung up the cowl I guess but not I mean he's not exactly spring chicken um, so I'm interested in seeing their take on that I really enjoyed the Christian Bale series. I really did. Even though it got to a point where he would get so raspy by the third film, he'd be like, because I'm Batman. Where are they? You know, just (laughs) over the top raspiness. Um, But I still liked them, especially Ledger's Joker was um, cool. I I enjoyed that. Uh, Scarecrow, I think, was in all three of those all three of them in some capacity. He was definitely in the first one. Yeah. I was like, Liam Neeson was in the first one as well. Yeah. I mean, now we're talking like 2005, you know, like so long ago with um, Scarecrow. But um, Bane, I mean, Bane, the way it was played in that third film um, was very good. Um, Yeah. Bane was Hardy's. Hardy's um, take on Bane was pretty cool. Yeah. 
like Bane was scary. Like his voice, what he did, breaking Batman's back. I was like, oh, Bane is like, yeah, like freaks me <laughs> out. Like I would never want to meet him. When that film came out, uh, my friend and I uh, referred to it as uh, the film as Batman Dies. It pissed off a lot of people because we went and saw it on opening night and be like, wow, <laughs> Batman Dies was a great film. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you ruined it. No, he's not dead. Um, so I think I still overall like the Christian Bale ones the best, but um, the uh, Robert Pattinson film has piqued my interest based on his take. He, even though there were times where he'd go out and he would just, you know, fisticuffs, do the the whole fighting thing and even using some of his gadgets to <laughs> spear people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody died though on his part. He did not kill anyone. It's true. But people did die in that film. <laughs> there was no question there were people that died in that film. Yes. So I think it's it's an interesting take, and um, I would definitely like to see the second film. The only thing that bothers me whenever you do a sequel is I really hope the story is good. Like, they take the time to develop whatever character they're going to do. We don't need to see the Riddler again for a while. Not mm-hmm. until you have some kind of Batman Part Five Arkham Escapees or something like that, and everyone's <laughs> out on the town, and he's got a Robin or you know a Nightwing or whoever it is that he's going to have with him at some point, which I'm sure that's where they're going. But um, oh, and the fact that Bruce Wayne and the gang were starting to go broke. Hmm. That was an interesting take, too. You had Alfred trying to save the family fortune. Yep. I thought that was a really cool take. Um, also, though, threw me off. Clearly, they are in some kind of, like, uh, train tunnel for the Batcave. Mm-hmm. And, and it's underneath whatever Wayne building they're, you know, they're doing. So, different from your traditional over here Mansion. on the other side of Gotham yeah. where no one else lives apparently is the mansion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was also interesting take. What do you think though? Um, what do you think didn't work for you in this film? Mm. Like where you're like, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't, I can't recall thinking anything specific at this time as to what didn't work, but I think it's because I haven't seen all of the other Batmans to be like, oh, I think I probably would have had a really hard time comparing, like separating and not comparing past characters um, if I had seen like Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman or Danny DeVito as Penguin, but because I really just took it for what it was. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything specific where I was like, oh, that doesn't work. Okay. I think the only thing I didn't like about the film was his version of the Batmobile. <laughs> Why? Uh, because it felt like they just took like a muscle car like out of Supernatural and then threw some flames on the back. And I'm like, no, I feel like I feel like the Batmobile needed to have some more actual armor and not just feel like a soup up mustang that is what a true batman fan would say like 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like those little details, you would definitely catch more. Yeah. And maybe, maybe a little bit more view of the actual like quote back cave to see what else he had there. Even if we didn't get to see all the gadgets or all the vehicles, at least show us a little bit more. Maybe because that's really, what the second movie will be for. Maybe because there was no bat wing or helicopter or anything like that. I mean, he had to use a freaking you know, squirrel suit at some point in order to <laughs> propel himself off the building when he's being pursued. So, um, but you know, and I like the fact that they teased that there was a point where he has an epiphany where he's like, oh shit, the Riddler's about to tell the world my real name by looking at all the stuff on the wall. And then even in Arkham, even though he's hanging back in the shadows, he's just got Riddler going, Bruce. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Yeah. This is going to start looking a lot like the end of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. if the name gets out um all right then what do you on let's flip it around then what would you say was your favorite part of this movie um i i liked the riddles that okay. went with it like I liked the way it flowed and it was like okay what is this because it actually made me think like what is that answer and then Batman's like it's this you know like he found a way to solve right. each one but it was like this sounds so messed up but it was also interesting to see how the Riddler like took each of his victims mm-hmm. and was like okay I'm gonna do this to you or I'm gonna tie you to this or you know, whatever device he used for each person I was like this is genius messed up but very like genius. How about that device that he had on that one person in the video? I'm like, this is something straight out of the movie Saw with the rats inside the. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Running around. Oh my Lord. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is pretty intense. Um, to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch it like with little ones around. Or something oh, like yeah, that. No, like, it no. was it was way too dark mm-hmm. um, for something like that. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I would say probably my favorite part in the film was the way he interacted with the little boy who um, mm-hmm. was the clearly son? yeah, who was clearly affected not only by um the death of his father but also to at the end when he's there inside uh gotham square garden (laughs) clearly (laughs) yeah clearly supposed to be madison square um but yeah his whole interaction (laughs) with him you could just tell that the way he gave that performance that he could connect like he's like oh no kid i know exactly what you're going through i won't let anything happen to you especially when it came to like the funeral mm-hmm. um so yeah i i would say that overall interaction was my favorite part of the film it, it, it's human, definitely heartwarming it yeah it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, completely. Especially like in the beginning to your point after like his dad died and he just looked at the kid. Cause at first I was like, who, cause you know, it was all in the beginning and I was like, mm-hmm. is this Bruce Wayne's dad? Like, is this little kid Bruce right. Wayne? I was like, oh, it's the mayor. And then I realized, but first I thought that little kid was Bruce Wayne, like going trick or treating and like joking around with his dad in the beginning. Well, and then that, I was like, oh, that. And also when you have, um, that moment where you have the police officers talking about the situation and Bruce is being brief. Well, as I'm sorry, Batman's being briefed mm-hmm. that they said, uh, you know, Oh yeah. Um, the mayor uh, was beaten to death, but with some instrument and that, the son and mom had gone trick-or-treating and the son came home and was the one that found him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, talk about therapy. Super for messed life. up. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. going to need therapy for life after that. And then to have that, and then to have the craziness take place at the funeral. I keep thinking this, this each time something negative happens and this mayor's son's there, I'm like, this is going to turn him into some kind of crazy supervillain because he's going to want to stop all the supervillainry. Yeah. So next thing you know, by the time we get to Batman Part 20, he's like some kind of mastermind sniper who's, you know, maybe he becomes Deadshot. I don't know. I don't I know. Like maybe. at this point, we've, we're at like Superman 27. Especially if you include right. Lego Batman. Like, yes. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's number 27 at this point because they've redone so many things like Spider-Man. Indeed, indeed. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise, if you're going to rate this film, if you're going to rate it on a scale of, you know, one to ten Batarangs, um, what would you give it? I'd probably give it 8.5. All right, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Yeah, um, yeah. I would give it an eight. I'd give it an eight. I think it was a solid movie, solid story. The people who were all involved were believable. I liked their take on Jim Gordon. I did, but we've also seen we've also seen that specific actor in so many other things. And I'm referring to Jeffrey Wright, who played Lieutenant James Gordon. So he's not even Commissioner Gordon yet. Mm. Um, but I've seen him in like Westworld, which is also a really good show. If you've not seen it, you're like, that's like Game of Thrones. I don't like that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I tried with Game of Thrones. I gave it 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And I'm like, this is not for me. All right. Well, if you ever get a chance, you need to watch Westworld because that's a phenomenal show. But that's a whole nother podcast. But um, yeah, I would give it I'd give it a solid eight. Um, anything you want to add? Um. I would recommend anyone who was going to go see this film who hasn't yet to probably brush up on your Batman knowledge. Um, If you want to really, I don't know, feel a little more like you know what's going on. If you just want to be like, oh, I just want to enjoy this movie for what it is. Mm -hmm. Go straight in, which is what I did. I'm like, great, this is what it is. But now you're really pointing things out. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done a little bit more research maybe on these characters that I didn't know were going to be in this movie. I was just like, oh, great. Like the Batman, people are saying it's amazing. Let's go see it. Mm-hmm. But now if it's on TV, I would want to watch it again and be like, okay, what did I miss? Yes. And thank you, HBO Max, for dropping that on 
um, your streaming network, which is phenomenal. <laughs> it also has the um, uh, uh, deleted scene of the Joker on HBO Max. But um, all right, well, thank you for uh, joining me today, Liz, on this episode. Um, as always, this is uh, the Red Carpet Cafe. We are a member of the Be Kind Rewind Podcast Network. You can find us on the web at bkrpn.com. And I am one of your hosts, Eric Root, along with the lovely Liz Herman. Thank you again, Liz. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, time, Eric. Thanks for letting me participate. All right. Well, everybody, have a great week and happy post-Mother's Day, because we are recording this officially on Mother's Day, but dropping this the day after. Enjoy your week. In the way.